Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 380. Uh, Linz is joining us. Hi, everyone. <laughs> so is Charles. Hi, every. That's not how, he, uh, how, hey. how would Charles really sound? He's going, hey. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Uh, hey. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're, they're not here. It's just uh, Tony and Anthony show uh, this week, and... We had a lot of books that we covered. Well, a lot. not even a lot of books. We just covered a lot of those. We had a few book books. coverage. Yes. Uh, got in nitty gritty of Powers of X. Finally got uh, from continuing on from last week the history of the Marvel Universe and Anthony's thoughts on that. Briefly talked about Spawn. Uh, what else? A couple other books. We. Oh, I don't want even want to. Put it because then Linz won't listen to this don't episode. Spoil it, don't spoil yeah, it. Say, uh, Everything went according yeah, to plan. Yes, is we, all I didn't talk promised. about other stuff that was <laughs> stupid that I've complained about forever because I'm done with that. Uh, Tony's a reformed man and he proved it today. So make sure to <laughs> listen in through the whole episode to hear how reformed he is and how big of a liar Anthony is. <laughs> uh, but hopefully, you enjoy this episode. So grab a cold one and, and enjoy Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 380, a little TNA. say is I'm hurting and not in a good way <laughs> uh, had fun with family camping getting outdoors from I definitely spent some time outside this weekend but uh, definitely not nearly as much in the sun I yeah. mean I was like on my porch reading or I did a little bit of yard work but I mean it was a good weekend though I'll say Perfect this weather going camping you know, you you're reading a book, knowing bats an eye. Yeah. <laughs> you're reading comics, knowing bats an eye. You're reading them on a Kindle or something. Everyone's like, "What are you doing on electronics?" Blah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah. yeah. Like, I'm trying to prepare. I still got a show to do on Sunday. It's like, I mean, it's just the idea that if you didn't have the tablet or, or the device, it's like I have to bring another bag mm-hmm. with the, all the comics. And then what happens if something falls in the water? It's like this stores literally thousands of comics. That I can read, and I can also access the internet from here, and then download new ones on the fly. It's it's just it's more the future. Convenient. Well, that's why. I, well, yeah, and that's why I do more and more digital. Also, because we can get some for free from some of our publishers that mm-hmm. we're connected with. So, thank you guys as always. Uh, shout out to you. But yeah, so I got yelled at a lot, but I also got burnt quite a bit. Uh, I also want to quick uh, do an honorable mention of last week when you and me didn't even talk about pub golf. <laughs> uh, I don't think it was, I think it was too soon. I was still recovering uh, from my five hour mid afternoon nap in order to recover from the day itself. And then I still, I didn't sleep, go to sleep till what, 5 a.m., I think is when I fell asleep that night. So it was a rough one. It was a long day of day drinking. Yes. And when I look at how short a time span of finishing those. That's some well, like five hours. Yeah, was it for eight? I guess if we did some of the extra shots and everything, I think there was minimum seven. six drinks, really. Yeah. And what's funny is I showed up at the second bar, one bar late, and I'm thinking, oh, I still have a chance. Well, that was I never could have won. There was like no way for me to win, but I'm still like hitting the challenges. Like, oh, I'm gonna get a birdie on this one, signature shot and stuff. And then I get to the last, we get to Buffalo Wild Wings at the end, and I'm thinking. 
these people are like three strokes ahead of me. There's literally no way I could have caught up unless they made they started a fight or one of the Well, to be fouls. honest, though, because the forefront winners didn't do one of the challenges, I fucked up and broke a glass. First that ever <laughs> happened. Otherwise, I would have flat out won. You were still in the... Oh, because, yeah, you had those strokes for not making Yeah, the I had the plus two yeah. on the first hole, so it's like I could never make this up because what... I think DJ ended up minus three or whatever at the end, minus two. And I was, I hadn't even seen his score, but I was sitting with Allie and I was just like, uh, what's your score? We were talking about it and she was beating me. And I so I need to put the rules to this on our Facebook page so that other people can experience. It's pretty much day drinking with golf rules to make other people drink more yep. and make it competition. And it's a lot of fun have a lot more rules that we're going to do next year to make it even more mm -hmm. like calling people out because it, it usually does become whoever can drink the most. Yep. And I was surprised how much some of the people drank. It was... I don't think... I mean, that I saw, I don't think anybody got a plus, got a bogey. Like, everyone was hitting their drinks, you know, within the sips they needed. Uh, I did twice accidentally make the mistake of get my fresh new drink. Oh. I'm going to take a little sip just to taste it and then realize I now have to drink this whole thing in two two oh, drinks. Yeah. So, Oh yeah, so that was that was last week. This week I'm just hurting. Who knows what next week's going to bring. <laughs> Hopefully not a kickball injury or something like that. or It could be <laughs> anything. Uh, but uh, let's get into some books this week. Uh, first one that I'm going to briefly mention is Spawn. Two ninety nine, number two ninety nine. I keep on wanting to say two thousand ninety nine because there's all those series of two thousand ninety nine. Mm -hmm. Obviously, this is one before Big Issue three hundred. If you can do the math, and that's why I picked this one up. I have read Spawn on and off, uh, especially when there's some big news surrounding him. And I thought going into number three hundred, I wanted to be a little bit uh, on the up and up of what's been going on. And I can say this, this book helped a bit, but really I'm I'm lost in some of the lore that has gone on within the Spawn comic books. I think it was around two, 285 maybe, or 275, about a year, year and a half ago when Todd McFarlane said that he was stepping away from doing the drawing, he was mm -hmm. still going to be writing it, but he was going to let some other artists go, which then freed him up a little bit of time. Uh, within this, there was so much exposition that I enjoyed it. Sometimes when you're reading a comic, you don't want it to be a book. Yep. You want it to be kind of the interactions between these characters and reading the word bubbles because that just kind of flows a little bit better. But like I said, within this one, it, it set a tone of what I'm getting at is both Heaven and Hell are now after Spawn because Spawn's got some big secret plan that he's planning on unleashing. And so they're both trying to stop him, so they have teamed up. Why Heaven would team up with with uh, demons, I don't know. Uh, I know there's this underlying thing going on with uh, someone killed Wanda. This is a re-killing, because I believe when I was reading some of the issues before, she, um, she had died at one point mm -hmm. in the, the history of Spawn, but then was back alive. I could be wrong there. Don't kill me, because it's been... <laughs> like I said, there's so much that happens in Spawn. But what I will say is, it's just some of the artwork, just how dark it is, it's still just... Oh, it's just amazing. And and like like I said, this is one of those pages of like newscasters just yeah, talking yeah. about what's going on in the world. 
uh, Al Simmons showing up and pretty much destabilizing the world. It's uh, nice that they do it from that approach, though, and it's not just like a here's a text box on a page that sh- tells you what's going on. It's the, at least some character giving exposition about what's happening in the world. Um, one of the things that I will say is uh, while looking over this, uh, at the back it kind of says be prepared for what uh, is going to happen, obviously, in issue number 300 when Todd comes back to start doing some drawing. Mm-hmm. He's going to be doing ink, so he's not going to necessarily be doing um, the original pencils. Yeah. Um but is this a permanent position or is this just for this event? He's see, I don't, I, see, I think he's planning on doing it says spawn 300 and 301 with all new interior artwork by Todd McFarlane. So I don't think he's going to totally get back into wanting to art again. Like I said, he mm-hmm. already kind of stepped aside so he can have some fun and not having to do everything without yeah. the book. So it's probably just for these two issues to wrap up this story. Uh, that's coming to a head here. Now, one of the big things that it also talks about is, you know, the celebration of issue 300 because this is going to be one of the... It's going to be tied for the longest-running creator-owned comic books in the world. Um, and then they'll break that with issue number three, 301. So I'll definitely be doing a bit longer review on 300 because I feel like I'll understand a little bit more in that. I probably should have picked up a couple of the book's prior to this and mm-hmm. I could really have gotten a little bit longer do they expect knowledge? that you're able to know what's happening in this event if you just read was it 298 299 N- well I know the front cover it says you know the road to uh, road issue to three, 300 zero. so I'm assuming they've probably had other books you know road to so this new story arc and where mm-hmm. it's all headed to but I'm also assuming for longtime fans just like any good comic book that's been going on for forever you really there's hard jumping on points yep um but with that i'll do also some research uh myself just to get back uh up to speed with spawn but i would say definitely check it out especially if you're a spawn person anyways you obviously probably were going to pick this up because you know 300 is going to be an amazing issue they don't want extra panels extra pages is it that the intent is gonna be normal Normal length. I can only assume that it's going to be a giant. Or? It's going to be a giant size. But there's been a lot of uh, hush hush around it. Okay. I know some of our friends uh, got to hang out with Todd uh, while we were at Motor City Comic Con. They were over in Las Vegas and went out to dinner with him, and they got to know some things that they're just like, it's going to be sweet. So cool. cool. That's all they'll let me know. Uh, so you think? Do you think from what you've read, this is a good spot? If I'm like, man, I need a new hero. I'm wanting something fresh. I haven't read Spawn before. Do I start at 297? Do I just... Hmm. Get the I would weaker? probably say uh, pick, go a little bit... Uh, I don't know. I would almost feel that after whatever this is, mm-hmm. it's going to be a fresh new take, a fresh new story, and that might be a good spot to probably start reading, but you obviously want to have read 300, so you probably want to go back a little bit. Um I mean, just you don't when when you look at that, you don't want to walk into your comic store and be like, "Hey, I need the first two hundred and ninety six uh, issues of Spawn right now." You know, you don't want to walk out with two hundred ninety six comic books. You want to at least a starting point, and then over time, maybe go back to some past stories. But um, well, there are some past stories that are very, I guess, important uh, mm-hmm. to read, uh, such as issue one eighty five. That's when Al Simmons retires from being Spawn. 
And that was a pretty long time that he was retired and the suit pretty much went to another, um, I forget who it went to, um, oh, a guy named Jim, who then had, uh, his powers. Uh, there's also, uh, issue 50 where Spawn returned to hell and started, uh, fighting Malbolgia. Uh, let's see, some of the earlier issues, obviously, you'd want to know pretty much the original canon and I think most everyone would now kind of know he he died mm -hmm. he got betrayed yep went to hell because he was a big mercenary and put in charge of hell's army um I think another one would probably be uh I don't know I feel I wish I could remember which issue it was I feel like it was 275 it was more recently when Al Simmons uh, returned, so yeah. maybe we'll get, I'll I'll find out some more key issues. Um, those are just some off the top of my head that I can think of. Uh, When's three hundred coming out? Uh, next month, I believe it's August twenty fourth ish. If that's a Wednesday, that's not too far out. Yeah. Um, next book that I want to briefly talk about is the Batman Who Laughs number seven. Holy shit. All I can say is this is one of the craziest Batman stories I've ever read. Just the sheer amount of blood and people kind of dying and getting shot at. I mean, we have the Batman who laughs, obviously, being the, the main villain character that we're following around. Mm -hmm. We have him injecting... No, not necessarily. Uh, you have... Bruce Wayne pretty much be injected by the serum to turn him into the Joker because in the world that he came from in the Dark Multiverse, there's just a whole lot of stuff. Read the Dark uh, or uh, Dark Knight's Metal where they talk about the Dark Multiverse. You'll get to understand a little bit more of these Batman within that multiverse. From that came one of the best Batman from it, the Batman who laughs, who is Joker Bruce Wayne. Mm -hmm. And this then came out of it because of how well received he was. So sometimes they listen to these to us fans, and they made this seven issue series, which was originally supposed to be six, but they extended it to seven. That is just, it's just nuts. And I like at the, I felt the ending. I will say was a little bit rushed. Of like, oh, that kind of just got resolved uh, quickly. And Scott Snyder wrote this, who he's always been great with Batman. One of the things I noticed throughout the series, though, is when he's talking, certain, like, w the way that Batman would talk, you would get some letters that were in red or in white. Mm -hmm. And I always felt that that was kind of the him transforming into the Joker. It's almost like, I need to, to go down to the more. Like, you yeah. know, a weird sounding. So that's how I sound it in my head. But also... When you read the white letters, they spell words within the page. Oh, okay. So, like, the end um, for this one, uh, well, that was issue number six here. Uh, when you're reading it, there's just one, and they've got more and more from, there are simply a couple red letters to now just a couple white letters while okay. he's fully transforming. And one of them, and the first page was just, they're all red letters. 
The one thing that kind of I didn't like about the book is reading those red letters with some dark background. <laughs> it was a little bit hard. I had yeah, to yeah. kind of like zoom Make sure in. Your screen's bright. <laughs> but within the first pages, it was the only light, white letters was an H at one of the word bu- or okay. thoughts, and then a A there. So ha. Yeah. Uh, really good. A lot of it revolved around other uh, Bruce Wayne's being pulled into this world and finding out a dark secret of Gotham. I'm not going to spoil that here, but one of the big things that I loved within the last uh, five, six years, yeah, six-ish years, was when they went in uh, year one, didn't come out of year one, but when the new Batman series kind of started with the Court of Owls, Mm -hmm. and you start realizing there's this whole organization that, Batman never knew that lived in Gotham that were pulling the strings of this yep. city. It was one of those things where you scratch your head being like, how the fuck did Batman not know about that? <laughs> but then you kind of just say, but these were great stories, so Batman doesn't need to know everything. Yep. And within this, the Batman Who Last shows Bruce Wayne what the city was supposed to be. And it's interesting as fuck. As, and I, as far as the out... Uh the out court was planning like no no not even not oh, okay. e- well partially i mean they're they're part of the history of gotham yep they only briefly show up in the series uh like i said a couple pages <laughs> and that that was oh, fucking great i'm not even going to spoil that for you i'll spoil it for you later yeah. but <laughs> uh yes just pick up this seven issue series because it ends where you think everything is kind of good but then you realize that it's not necessarily all good. And it also says it's going to continue in the Batman Superman number one that's coming out next month. So now I have to pick that up yep. <laughs> to see how it's going. And I thought that pretty much they were going to get rid of the Batman who laughs because he knows who Batman is. He knows that he's Bruce because yep. he is Bruce. What happens if he were to tell any other bad guys? Mm-hmm. I don't think he would because he's Joker and he wants to also kind of be the one to off him but at the same point when you find out that he's locked up underneath the hall of justice you're like oh he's alive still don't know how he necessarily is alive because mm-hmm. he got shot a bunch but then it's superheroes and and all that even giving that away oh, such a beautiful story that i was not expecting pulled me back a little bit into batman Tom King, I'm still pissed off at you for the whole wedding, but, <laughs> but this this still makes me read the some other some the other world. Batman books, yes. <laughs> and then uh, that's kind of all I had right now. You though finally read history of the Marvel Universe. I did. I uh, got a surprise, not surprise email uh, uh, from you. I've got the uh, a couple things. So first off, history of the Marvel Universe is. Uh, we mentioned it last week. You mentioned it last week. The uh, really, it's just a synopsis of what's happened in Marvel, and um, it almost seems like too vague to say that. But that's really the best description of this because it starts at the beginning and it goes through. Well, actually, it starts at the end. Well, yes. I mean, it it starts out with Galactus talking to uh, Franklin Richards and uh, their best buddies. You know, yeah. So this, and here's why I want you to review it because obviously you're confused by yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they have there's many different futures in Marvel. 
always they're usually bleak. There's never really a nice future mm-hmm. that they're going towards. And a lot of the X-Men always have where the world sucks. They've been hunted down. Sentinels everywhere. Obviously, though, Franklin Richards, as I've said, is a mutant. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't ever really tie in a lot to any of the X-Men stuff. He is, though, one of the most Omega-level mutants, as yeah. I also said, with uh, House of X. And he eventually, because he's had such uh, interaction with Galactus, who is also one of the most powerful forces in the universe, has him become his herald. Yeah. So it's only perfect that at the end of the universe, those two would be kind of the remaining two. Just chatting. <clears throat> They've uh, talked about this. In a couple Fantastic Four books, when they go to the future, glimpse the future of that's how far Franklin mm-hmm. will become and go. Okay. So that, to me, was another one of those things of, ah, yes, uh, you know, rings a bell in my head. And like I said, a lot of this stuff, for me, I knew what was going on. But and- I want to know how much you didn't know what was going on because of your not great history of Yeah, Marvel. and I thought it was interesting, too. Uh, they they actually talk about the fact that uh, entropy has you know consumed the universe and it's literally about to die. This is you know even they are not going to be immune to the ending of this universe. This is the end of everything. And even the last talking about there's a less a few less uh, molecules that are they don't want to leave each other. You know like lost lovers that are being split apart by entropy. Um, but really starts from the beginning. Um, I definitely learned a lot. I think the one thing to take from this is, uh, you know, the first couple pages are kind of these grand expositions of, like, the Big Bang and the initial universe and how is it created and celestials um, and the concept of, like, the living tribunal and the abstracts and all these characters. They kind of, not gloss, but they briefly touch on them. Um, But as you get a little bit further in, they end up splitting up the pages um, really into, you've got, you know, there's one page where you've got five diagonal sections and each section is a different part of the Marvel Universe and what's happening um, you could probably I mean this would be a great book for if you're like I want to start reading comics this will give you a overhead of everything and then you can see I like the concept of this character or this story and then just go from that panel you have a starting of what did this you know who are the she are why are they the way they are and why is on earth why are there a group of dinosaurs in some area you know you get into X-Men and Storm and this kind of you know, there's a million different starting points from this book. Well, that's what uh, they've they've tried to make it. Um, the creators of this have said there's so many histories and there's tons of Marvel encyclopedias and handbooks and all that, but they wanted to make this informative, but also as a story, mm-hmm. which I feel they did a great job of making a story because, as I've said, there'd be power levels, there'd be small random goobly gook of this came from here and there which they do in the back yep but they wanted this to read more like a story than a 120 page wikipedia thing yeah it's definitely more entertaining um the art is great i mean they've got all kinds of art styles it's not just one uh they're touching on each one you know some are more of the old school golden age comic style i mean especially when they're referencing people who you know comics that existed back in the 60s or the 70s um They've, and they've got uh, panels from those comics, too. You know, you go through it, you get to, I don't know how many pages it is, uh, 22 pages, so you're about two-thirds of the way through it. Uh, the story of this one stops. 
you know, that's actually the end for now, you know, to be continued in the rest of them. But then the last 10 pages are all like, here's how we got our information. Um, but it's still not, I mean, it's an appendix basically, but it's a less lame appendix. There's still pictures in it. They're showing the character, the reference, they show they go each individual comic. Depth. Yeah. That they're getting it from. So, I mean, that's the thing where they talk about uh, the original Avengers, and you're like, oh, yeah, okay. So Captain America, especially now with the movies, people are going to be thinking the first Avengers. I mean, the movie literally says first Avengers. Are you talking about the BC Avengers? Uh, well, you've got, like, the uh, the Avengers number one through six, yeah, and all of the oh, 1.2 million okay. years ago. Yeah, so the, the, the 1 million BC Avengers? Yeah. That's actually a more recent thing that came out about a year and a half ago that... It's still a cool concept. They're still exploring that. But that they even took a comic that was more recent, inserted it here to say this has always been here, within retelling this uh, universe-wide story. And so especially, I mean, I've had a couple friends who have asked me even like, hey, you know, what's a good starting point? And I'm like, that's difficult because there's so many, like, team crossovers. And when you're in in the movies, it's simple. In the comics, it's more complex because you're like, well, this story... But, you know, you have to buy this comic and then this comic and this comic on separate lines because they're, com- you know, they're all feeding into a main story. Maybe events are nice because you get almost like a contained story that someone can start at. But this is a really good starting point for Marvel because you can pick any of these stories. So how much uh, of this do you feel like you knew beforehand? Uh, percentage-wise, like when I went through, which, so on the actual, like before you get to the appendix stuff, I'd probably say a decent amount, a good 50 to 60% at least. Um, I knew the characters. I knew of them. Um, I've spent many an hour on the wikis. Yeah, looking that's up what things. I've done like, growing up when I was younger. Especially and like the out. abstracts and stuff like that where they're not like a comic character. They kind of exist as a universal power. I've looked up those and, uh, you know, there's a lot of co- cool philosophical concepts. Um, the Galactus origin was new to me, so that was neat to kind of introduce that. The concept of two Big Bangs within it not just the one that was new like i love um, and here's the thing that sucks too because i said i wasn't going to talk a lot about it last week but i did then start talking yeah, about yeah. It. so i forget <laughs> all i said i also love when it talked about asgard and they say they made earth that's in contention with obviously yeah. the big bang and and it conforming and then spirits of yeah they talk about the uh um, gaia and, and all that like forming first like so Odin didn't yeah, make Yggdrasil, it. the world tree, and then um, they they take the approach of the uh, Ragnarok cycle. That Ragnarok has happened many times, and they mm-hmm. you know they just get respawned uh, <laughs> after. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, and then you've got like the I think the the coolest part about this is that all of it. I mean, it's really what the Marvel comics do. Some individual comics stay away from this, but it's all about Earth. You know, that's the thing is that for whatever reason, universe spanning issues tend to f- eventually focus on earth a lot of the time and humans and to the you know it helps being a human because you can relate to it and they're like the indomitable spirit of the human the adaptability of mankind and it's cool because they're like oh yeah that was actually all planted you know it's why it's because this celestial landed here and died and then his blood kind of goes into this but then there's also this experiment was done by uh the Cree, and that also ties into it. And so all of our grand mutations that you end up with in the X-Men and all these other comics are all tied in. So it's it's nice to get it because, you know, at the basic level you think X-Men. Okay, there's a mutant gene and eventually we just started mutating. It's like, no, because then you have, like, Apocalypse. Well, that's Egypt. 
you know, back in the day, which they touch on here, uh, First Mutant and blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, there's actually been a lot of stuff that happened well, bef- you know, before cavemen, you know, before humankind was seeded on the planet almost. What's funny is the uh, Namor was always mentioned back in the day as the mm-hmm. First Mutant because, while well, he can breathe underwater where the original Human Torch was just a robot that could turn on fire but looked like a human. So they didn't get into a whole lot of mutant stuff yep. until, obviously, then you look back in time and there's other mutants that, when they made the origin, predated this person. So then you have to retcon who was the first one. But in reality, at one point in time, there was a book, uh, Rise of Apocalypse, that I bought because I love Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. And it, it was a four or five issue miniseries of him being the first mutant and then getting some of the... Um, the celestial technology from uh, Rama Tut, who also was partly king, the conqueror who came back in time and ruled, and all this stuff that oh, yeah. was just like headcanon that you, hey, don't need to care about if you only cared about Apocalypse, but if you knew other things, you'd be like, oh, that's ties into that. Mm-hmm. And then you also get into another mutant, Celine, who, when she, the island of Genosha blew up and she was raising the dead from that to become immortal again and came back to life that she's been an immortal for a lot longer as well so you kind of then put in contention who was really the first this obviously doesn't tackle that but i feel like when we get to some of these events that happened within the 80s and 90s comics we're going to start seeing some more references to a couple of the seeds that they Mm -hmm. planted within this to be like so this person who we briefly mentioned that came out of this world is also part of this story here and tie it all together. I hope. And if they don't, that's fine too because this is a whole lot of information this that This is a lot of information. You can go... definitely take some, take your time reading this. I mean, any individual panel has four paragraphs, basically, of text. I mean, some are smaller than others. Um, I think their approach is very good too because they don't say, this is how it is. They never... I mean, they're very confident in their presenting of the information, but they don't name it as like a definitive... Break all the possible canon you're thinking of in the past. They're just going through and saying, this is where this character is, and this is why this character is created. Very contained to their story, and only briefly mentioning things like um, Thor. Where's where's Thor from? Oh, well, he um, Odin wanted to get busy with Gaia. He wanted a half-human, half-Norse, you know. And so that, that combination, that's it. That's all the brief interaction with that they don't talk about the relationships and is this the real beginning and things like that. they just kind of give you flat information and you're able to start really from whatever i mean they cover a lot i mean you you talk about we're talking beginning of the universe and then we're i don't know 12 pages in before we mention the 1.2 million bc and then within a few more pages we're up to i mean it ends right at uh wolverine's born uh, Logan and it's like whoa we covered a that's a lot to cover in like 20 pages and also what I love is there's a majority of this stuff like I said is old school stories that took place then yep but there's some new age stories that came out within the last years as I already mentioned that also they're putting in there the BC Avengers as well as uh, the first firmament which when that came out he talked about his history in those couple ultimate books that places him at beginning of the universe as well. So they kind of threw that in there. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's always been here as well. No one just knew his story, but he's been here. So it doesn't necessarily mean that 
stuff won't change uh, to where there could be something else that happens yeah. and thrown in. But we're now in the time wise of telling things. We're at at this point, uh, and obviously there's a lot more to come. I just thought it was yeah. It it should be. I'm very uh, interested in seeing the rest of them. Um, I think. What? How would you say six? Yeah, six, six issues. That's. I mean, for how much they covered in one, I mean, this is going to be a mind-boggling amount. I mean, this is going to put the Wikipedia to shame because you're going to be able to get so much more information given to you, uh, and it's much more enjoyable. Than and also Wikipedia. realize this is talking about a lot of key issues first appearances of this and that. So yeah. all you need to do is look at the back of these books and be like, hmm, if I'm a collector, I should probably get these ones because this is the first time yeah. this person came about. I or, think if they they have to keep doing this kind of appendices afterwards because um, it is just the perfect way for this to spawn your reading journey for any one of these comics. I you mean, know what I'm actually... Start exactly where they want. I'm really looking forward to is when they get past the here and now, the 2000s. Obviously, they're at the end of the universe, so they can then also talk about to their past, because they're talking about their history, but yep. our future, you know, X-Men 2099 or Spider-Man 2099, that's a whole universe, or uh, where the Hulk turned into the maestro and that future universe, mm -hmm. or uh, the universe of Days of Future's past. I don't know how they'll necessarily tackle all those if they're talking because those are different multiverses. Yep. But then again, if they're talking about all the multiverses of this overall universe collapsing, then they could probably touch on those stories. And maybe they will. Or say, at one point, branches could have broke off in this way and this way. It'll at be the, cool to see what they do. At the very least, even if it's not presented by Galactus through the storytelling, I think that they'll definitely give a mention. I mean, I, I talk about the fantasy. Literally, this is a third of this book is just notations on here's where we got our information. I mean, they talk about the uh, Phoenix Forces one that they gave uh, a spot to, and they mentioned three different comics, issues specific. And that's the other thing, too. These are issues specific. This isn't just like, oh, this comic, we read it. It's like, go to this exact. So they've really done some heavy research. They were sitting in some Marvel library somewhere for hours and hours and hours collecting this information for sure. Um, I, I love it. I think it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to the other ones. This is perfect for someone like me who uh, I don't necessarily spend a whole lot of time reading comics, but I love to know what's going on in comics. If I could get one of these every year from them, just update me, you know, like this is the original book, and then we'll just tack on some new information as new comics come out. That'd be excellent. I have a perfect segue into the next book we're going to talk about, which is pretty much past, present, and future. Mm-hmm. But before getting there, just because it also tackles the giant Marvel Universe, your birthday is coming up. It is. And you just got a present. I did. Uh, I will definitely have to... It's a... Uh, you, it was interesting because I wasn't expecting any presents. We do... In my family, we do uh, quarterly birthdays. So, because you know, family's getting so large, we basically, every three... Sometime in the next quarter, we'll celebrate everyone's birthday for that month. Those three months. So my mom, I don't know where she got it. She got this really cool print, and it's the entirety of the Marvel Universe. As far as I can tell, it's pretty much every character. I mean, for the most part, it's not 100%, but, like, any character that's got a decent comic presence is on that thing. Yeah. Villains and heroes included. It's not just heroes. 
Um, it's like this wide canvas. I don't know. It's probably four feet across, uh, a couple that feet thing high. That huge. It's very, yeah, it actually sat in my back seat and was almost completely across my back seat. Um, From the picture you sent me, I was trying to zoom in, but you can't, and pictures always zoom in that well. Yeah. So I do want to go over there and count myself how many I don't know. Yeah. But I was also asking you, how many do you know? And does I think it come I, with a guide at all? Or It did not. It was literally just the art. I mean, it's just like a canvas. with It was printed, but it was on canvas. And I looked at that, and my mom's like, do you recognize a lot of them? I was like, I know maybe like 20 <laughs> of these people. And there's just like, and it's all, and there's no names. It's just the characters in their costumes right there. So, you know, like I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I know the basic Spider-Man villain, you know, the ones that are very present. Obviously, Marvel is right at the... Or, uh, Avengers with the movies are right at the front because it's popular right now. But they've got some really obscure people in there where I'm like, I don't even know how to describe this to Google so I can look this up, you know, <laughs> if I need to. I don't know what comic to look into. It's quite the picture. It's pretty cool. So, yes, uh, that I just wanted to mention that was pretty sweet. And I love how you're growing as a person, <laughs> learning... More and more about comics. Uh, one of the things uh, that I wanted you to also read, you read History of X, which I reviewed last week, or House of X, and now we got to Powers of Ten, which it is annoying me so much that it's Powers of powers the of, Roman numerals Ten. But House of X. Yes, but it's yeah, supposed it's to... House of Ten. It's yeah, House yes. of X and Powers and so of Ten. So it's supposed to mean something later, and... As I've told you before, with Hickman's cryptic when he's writing stuff, mm -hmm. it just makes it a whole feel like something more. Like, what well, when I uh, as soon as I opened this up, and I told you I was scanning through, just looking at the art at first, not really reading. Um, I was like immediately, I said, you know, page one. If you look at House of X, page one's got the cover. It's immediately like this. Uh, dossier that you would see at some intelligence agency or something like that where they're presenting the information but then it slips back into standard comic story you know characters are interacting with each other things like that uh, you know you've got the cryptic Krakoa language um, that you mentioned last week where only mutants know what it is uh, it's immediately imprinted on their minds um, all these different there's a lot of visual elements like the the story when the story's happening uh, you've got some great character interaction, but then it's so perfectly intermingled with all of these uh, things. Like th they mentioned the flowers of cocoa, you know, that's got a drug. It's this miracle plant that, you know, can save all of humanity um, at the cost of them acknowledging new gods, basically. Um, but on, there's a page, a flowers of cocoa page, and they say, for humans, this is what it do does. For mutants, this is what it does. It's like somebody has gone through and compiled all of this information. So it's a really cool presentation. Um, very, you know, if you like that kind of intelligence feel and what's, is there a mystery hidden? I know all the cryptology people out there, like comic fans are like, Ooh, this, is there a secret meaning behind it? Well, that's, and that's the thing with this, the first actual page of this comic, we see that there are four distinct timelines they even give us where it happens, mm -hmm. what they're calling them, and pretty much who the big people are in this world. Where we have X to the, I mean, would that be zero power or X zero? Yeah, X zero. Which is uh, year one, the dream. 
we have X1, which is X-Men Year 10, the world. <clears throat> That's where House of X is primarily happening. So obviously the dream is getting up to that point, mm -hmm. in which we have Professor X there and then Professor X as well. His new updated cerebral hat, which is kind of goofy and funky. <laughs> but It looks like a – I mean, I was looking at it and I said, this looks like – a generation one like virtual reality helmet where they hadn't made it look fashionable yet it was just it's gonna be heavy because there's a lot of parts to it it's kind of that but they've got the x so you know you at least you know who xavier is and then you have x2 which is the year 100 which is the war which has nimrod and then x3 which is year of year 1000 which is the ascension now just in that first page right here gives me so much yet nothing at all mm -hmm. it makes me be like what the fuck is this book going to be about like this is just crazy what and also that that last person looks almost like a professor alien professor x that was the thing too when i immediately looked at this i said okay we've got xavier okay i know uh the second one is xavier as well is that a robot xavier like <laughs> it implied i was like is this like xavier uh, sheds his mortal form and becomes, you know, a robot type thing. And the fourth one is like, oh, okay, he's obviously ascended to a perfect being now. Not quite what it is, you know, the fact that it's actually Nimrod and then this is uh, I just, the, in the story. But it was it's very cool. It, cre it instantly creates a feeling of wanting to see what happens. And I like that we got this uh, because Professor X can also walk again now, which it is the one thing of updating his character now. Mm hmm yeah, that hover chair was, like, kind of not... Yeah, I'm glad that he can now walk and actually do some things because being confined to a wheelchair slash hover chair just really didn't help out his story progressing. It just me it meant you had to write doors bigger. <laughs> that was basically it. It didn't add anything to his character. Giving him Or legs, ramps and no stairs. Yeah, or, I mean, giving him legs... I understand, like, you could tie it into, like, you know, people who are disabled, you know, they can connect to the character. But as far as Xavier's going, it didn't do anything well, for him. Get Iron Man legs or something. Yeah, like, I mean, there's a lot of options in, in yes, this world. Yes, and I understand at the time and stuff, great and awesome, because we also didn't have that technology and everything. And it was part of the story of how it was later retcon that it was gotten hit on his head and his neural ways. Helped build his character in yes, some way. Yes, but... I'm glad he's walking around. But also, to me, I don't know where the hell this is happening because, like I said, he can walk now. I'm thinking this is now mm -hmm. House of X. But what we find out, this is previously House of X. But then we get also a glimpse into the future when he's talking to Mara McTaggart about uh, what she saw of these tarot cards. And I'm like, okay, I kind of know who that is. I know who that... No, that's not Nightcrawler. Because that person's red, red devil. Uh, this magician who doesn't look anything like magic, but is carrying her sword, but is shifting through a wall. And then this tower. I'm lost. But let's keep reading. And you later find out that that is the, well, second well, X. I should probably just be on the main page to find out <laughs> which, which timeline it is. The X two uh, timeline, the 100 year war, and yep. that's where that's at. Again, we have House of X, which we then get it tied into from that comic book when we see both uh, Toad and Mystique come back yep. from their adventure yep. on there. Gives you, it's like, I hope they don't take it too far because I like it where it's at now as far as 
they, you know, House of X introduced the story. Powers of X builds on it, adds some little pieces before, adds some pieces after, which is what they're playing out of the zero, one, two, three, four timelines. What? Well, um, these are two different stories that I almost feel you could just pick up one book if mm-hmm. you wanted to read it, but you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't read them and read them in the order they come out because you would be lost a bit on this had you not read House of X first. They need to put the, they do have a page that it informs you which order to read. Uh, thankfully, I was just looking at art because I almost did read Powers of Ten first, and then I happened to notice the last page, and I was like, oh, what's this list? And it's like reading order. It literally just says reading order on the page, um, and so you're like, oh, I should read House of House of X-10, House, whatever, <laughs> first. Um, that should be in the beginning. But <laughs> that aside, there is a reading order. Um, they even have the release dates for each book um, that you're going to want to get as they come out. Every week. One of the things I love is when there's some sort of duality is not the correct term, but like a, a mirror of what happened at one point. We see who Mystique was trying to get that data for, and it was for Magneto, kind of. But then also Professor X took it from them as well. So it seems like it's not something nefarious. It's yep. something that obviously Xavier wanted to create whatever he needs. But we also get to this 100 years later where we know there's a giant war, so not everything that's happening now is going to probably go perfectly It doesn't work plan. out. That's the X-Men. That's their shtick. I yeah. mean, Peter Parker's unlucky, and the X-Men uh, can never create a better future regardless of what they do. But I love that that scene is almost redone within 100 years when you see who is still there and if you know who's waiting on uh, the people, Rasputin and... Uh-huh. Uh, what was this and the priest uh, to come about to get them and this is where again needing these extra pages to help you understand what happened in the gap of this time how did we get here to 100 years in this war when you find that mutants have been within the first initial uh, House of X things were going good and there was the multiple uh worlds that were open we saw that mars was one of the colonies mm-hmm. that x-men were going to be at or I keep saying x-men mutants were going to be at but then we get into uh the breeding programs and i'm just like yes they're bringing sinister in yep because sinister is also one of my favorite bad guys just in what he tries to do of making the master uh, i don't want to say master mutant the perfect mutant combination and then we learn that there's been several different generations of these mutants combining different codes, getting some of the best, some that then became pacifists. There's a lot of pages just to read up on that, but we also get a glimpse of one of these main characters that we got to see, this Rasputin uh, character, mm-hmm. and her power set. We got to see that she has some... Uh, Telepathy, some, uh, well, uh, and who she got that from was uh, Quentin. When you see a little bit of their last names there, you kind of uh, know who those yeah, people yeah. are. Um, you got like name Pride, so obviously Kitty Pride. Yeah, you so that's a phasing through. Phasing, you know. uh, Kenny is uh, X23, so that's where she got some healing powers from. Um, yeah, it. I'm like, this is just an extra page that. I could have still read it without needing to know this person's total background of powers, but I was kind of curious. They called her Rasputin. She's carrying magics, 
you know, uh, sword, and then could turn her arms metal, like Colossus, and then you get, oh, because those genes, or at least Colossus' genes, were put into her to give her that perfected uh, Mm -hmm. mutation. I, this to me in of itself is why I love this. But then they talk about outliers. And then they also talk about when the humans started breeding some to make them hounds to yep. hunt down other mutants. And what they're going to do... When I kept hearing about Bath, I thought that that meant they were going to be nice to this person. <laughs> like, seriously, she needs yep. a bath. Let's treat her well. And they're going to do some reverse psychology. No, when I find out what a bath actually it's is... Terrible. It's I'm terrifying. like, holy shit, this is a person I thought was going to be a major character. Nope. Dump nope. him in the bath. Yep. And they still might be a major character. This might just be their end, and we don't know. I mean, that's the part of the... We're in X2 of 3, so we've, we're hundreds of years in the future, potentially. You know, we've, we're... Um, it's open to a lot of stuff that could happen beforehand with each of these characters. But see, here's the thing, though, that I felt that happened then in the X3 timeline was... You see that that person is still within, and they, they thing. talk about being useless. They're like, ah, we, we you know, she's starting to. I'm starting to lose them. Ah, uh, well, you know, that just happens. I wasn't programmed to be be able to maintain perfection. You know, basically the robots. Uh, um, Nimrod. Nimrod's talking about. I'm just not programmed to last this long. You know, yeah, I've got too many. F- Nimrod lesser. Within the hundred year world, mm-hmm. but the thousand year ward or world, you have Nimrod Omega, so a more, I guess, Refined, sentient, yeah. yeah, robot, and then the preserve, and I'm just like, again, they show an Adam and Eve type human that they're like, what the fuck is going <laughs> yeah. on? And they they make the comment, you know, there's a reason uh, we keep around dinosaurs uh, dinosaur bones to show us what we've overcome and then they switch immediately switch to showing yeah an Adam and Eve in like a Garden of Eden it's like an enclosed space you know is this an origin story you know something else and then it's also like you know I hope to God that they never have Dominion again yeah and it's just like so at one point then the mutants were down but then they've obviously become homo superior again it's a really cool story I think that um, it's got a lot that it can do, and I mean, how many pages is it? It's or comics? It's what twelve? Well, it's about forty p- page comics. Well, of, the pages, uh, but like the number of comics that we have, we've got a oh, lot to go. There's gonna be twelve total. There's six in one series, six in the other. It should be and really then cool. from when they end, uh, as I mentioned before, the different new act books that are gonna come out. This so oh. here's and this even ties. I just noticed this looking at the reading order page. Why are three of them colored red? It's not because no, it's not all the House of Ten. It's uh, some of them, uh, or House of X. It's three of them. Uh, the rest are still in black. Yeah, Why I kind of noticed that too. And I, I felt like it was just supposed to be kind of like the computer program highlighting them, and it has nothing to do with anything. But then again, who knows? It could Maybe probably it could. have everything to do with everything. <laughs> and I'm waiting till next week to finally get to that second issue to be. This like, is like the Spider-Man four we got. Uh, a month ago or so, and I was like, "What could it mean?" It's be like, "Oh, it was just before 3. and you're like, "Oh, come on, man, that's you know." Well, that's Marvel it, being dumb. It could have been this. Great. This, although, usually does have some meaning. Uh, what it is, I don't know. It should be. I'm. I'm very much looking forward to the rest of this. I think it's. Uh, 
very cool uh, story. A lot of interesting characters. They're not introducing a whole lot of new people. Uh, they're bouncing around a lot on these first two. You know, push through. I mean, they even got uh, Groot. We got old Groot in here. <laughs> yeah. Bearded Groot. I don't know. Uh, looking weird. Um, it, I think the one piece that I took away from it that I am curious to see develop is actually Xavier. The fact that you know, he starts out and he's standard Xavier nice guy. He's talking to Mora and they're having a good conversation. Also the fact that he doesn't know who she is and she has to say, he, he asks, you know, do I know you because of the conversation? And she's like, you know, read my mind. And he goes, oh. And so is and then this... it ends there and it's like, what the fuck's that supposed yeah, to mean? Does that mean that she's come back? Like, this could be a time travel thing. She's come back and like, you know, you kind of screw things up, Charles. Uh, hmm. And in the rest of the story, he's the um, what what X two or whatever it is or X one. Uh, he's got the cool helmet and uh, he's kind of ambivalent towards being good or bad. He's just got his goal in mind of making this utopia, and he's you know Magneto gets sent out as kind of an ambassador for. Krakoa and the the mutant people of Krakoa and all this, um, and he definitely doesn't pull any punches. Um, he lets them know that by the way, uh, we're in charge and this is a gift. It's not this isn't an agreement we're making with the rest of the countries of the world. We're just telling you that we're allowing you to continue doing what you're doing. You're going to make these agreements though with us, and it's like Magneto's a lieutenant. Like who is? Who's Xavier in this comic if Magneto is basically a lieutenant? In this well, situation? that's, I mean, to be honest, when he becomes less of a, you know, mutant kind of everything asshole, yeah. he will, I mean, that's the reason why he, he never truly would kill uh, Professor X, you know, when need be, because they are friends. It's just yeah. they had different policies of going about it, you but know. I think, I think that. Uh, he's definitely tied into his character, but Xavier, not a lot has been shown of his actions, and he seems very uh, crazy guy in the basement with a plan. He seems to have that approach a little bit. You know, he stays on, he never leaves Krakoa, and he's always got this helmet with all of his ideas inside of it. And uh, what is the mystery USB drive that? Yeah. And you mentioned this last week, and it was it was cool reading it when. Uh, Sabretooth is caught by um, Fantastic Four and Scott's like, hey, come on, Amnesty. And they're like, no. And he's like, come on, you better make this choice. And they're like, no. He's like, okay, I'll come back later, basically. And yeah, then, and I like that we got the continuation from that. Mystique's just like, fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. We lost him, but it's okay. We got what we needed. Yeah. Um, he shouldn't have killed those cops. Yep. Being a, and that's the thing, too, with Sabretooth, he can sometimes be on the X-Men side, even though they know he's going to do some stuff. He's still a mutant, so he's still welcome as but family. You can, here's the thing. You can plan for Sabretooth. You said, we're going to do this. This plan's going to screw up because Sabretooth's going to get out of control. We'll just plan for it. And they left him behind, and you know Scott's like... he. And that's the thing, is it's got me spooked like a little bit. All of these standard, like, uh, not necessarily Boy Scout-ish, but typically... You know, they go for the pure route of being a, a good guy. None of them are taking it. You know, they're all like, this is our world now. You're welcome to it. 
and it's very interesting because it also does introduce the fact that not every mutant is on Krakoa's side necessarily. You've got the Fantastic Four who are still doing their fight for America and the, the humans thing. So it should be very interesting. Looking forward to it. Oh, uh, let's get into some news. We talked a lot about books today. That's for damn sure. Uh, some news that came out this week. Uh, we finally got the dates for the big Crisis of Infinity Earth. Infinite. Can I say that correctly? Crisis on Infinite, Infinite Earth. <laughs> yeah, not Infinity Earth. Uh, crossover. Uh, Supergirl is going to come out Sunday, December 8th. Uh, Batwoman will be Monday, December 9th. Flash, Tuesday, December 10th. Arrow. Uh, they're going to take a hiatus, so they're going to make you be waiting. And then on Tuesday, January 14th, we'll get the Arrow. And then Legions of Tomorrow on Tuesday uh, as well, January 14th. Which I feel that that might be a two like hour or three hour however they're going to be doing these things don't they know that this is the age of streaming where you give me the whole season at once you can't people don't fall this for the comes, this still comes on cw though so it is but people don't people don't fall into that the same feeling of oh i have to see the next thing they're like fine i'll watch a different show and they just move on to the next addiction that they have well there are some shows that come out that i do feel I want to watch, but there are few that I feel like I need to watch. This, I haven't been that invested in the CW shows, even though I know they're great. Um, I just don't have time. I'll definitely check these ones out, but because I need some refresher courses on some mm -hmm. things, yeah, as you said, I'll probably just wait till the last one comes out and then get them all. Yeah, I think I actually have watched Arrow here and there. I think I'm like two, maybe three seasons in or something like that. Uh, Flash, my nephew loves watching Flash anytime we're hanging out. He, he's like, oh, I, his favorite superheroes, Flash. Loves a TV show, all that. Um, but CW makes CW. Like, you could tag a show with nothing on it. And you'd say, did CW make this? You know, they've kind of got that style ever since, uh, what was it, Smallville. Ever since Smallville came out, it's kind of that we need to get the pretty people to have pretty people problems in extraordinary ways and it just so happens as pretty people and the superhero so for me um i wish they were more like dc's animated movies uh where it's like just we're getting to the story the action's happening i mean even like batman animated series superman series stuff was happening it wasn't like all this drama and stuff so there's all like the the people are in love and how does the love handle the fact that we're superheroes and stuff like that that's so much time spent in that so I will do the same thing and wait till the Infinite Earth story is done and then just pick and choose episodes to watch my way through. So here's the one thing that I do love about CW, uh, where you have you have to have Hulu to watch any of mm -hmm. ma the main uh, big three or big four uh, networks yep. to watch any of those things. Sometimes you might be able to get away with going to their website and watch for free. Otherwise, they're going to ask you for what's your service provider to yes. watch any of this stuff cw on netflix no not even just netflix where they have the whole series you can get the cw app on any of your smartphones and whatever oh, nice. and they have certain shows that you can watch all there or you can watch a certain couple of them that just aired mm. so within the same week or two or uh they may wait a week and then you can watch I'm, I'm totally like that's that. that's makes me happy to watch CW shows. I'll watch your commercials that you put on my streaming Roku. Uh, one of the big shows that I've uh, watched is the 100. 
mm-hmm. as well as uh, Penn and Teller Fool Us. Yep. When those shows come on, I'm happy that they are there, easily available to watch so that I don't need to then uh, fly a, a pirated flag ship. <laughs> Head on over to Pirate Bay <laughs> yeah. and pick up your uh, pirated copy. I think that is that is one thing that I can't tell you the last time that I've sat down to watch a show at a specific time. Like Game of Thrones, even with Game of Thrones... Um, where it was like everyone was having the parties for episodes of season eight and even season seven. People were like, come over and watch Game of Thrones, blah, blah, blah. It's like I would watch it maybe a day or two later. You know, I just happen to have HBO with my uh, cable package, but that's definitely one thing that I am completely on board with the idea that give it a week. Give people who have some premium access who are paying for your channel on cable, they get to see it before I do. That's fine. I probably wouldn't have gotten around to it for at least two or three days after it aired. So a week online, uh, Disney was doing that with uh, Star Wars Rebels, and I loved that. I was like, I, yeah, again, I don't care if I'm watching ads on this. If it's like a, you know, basically commercial length, um, I'm gonna watch this episode. It's just I didn't want to watch it on TV at that time and also pay for the cable. So um, yeah, I'm down for that. So one of the cool things, just briefly to go back to um, the Infinite Earths. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Conroy is going to be ah, playing yes. Batman. Now, you may remember... No voiceovers either. <laughs> yes. He's, he's actually the guy. Be... <laughs> and and you know what? Yeah, we don't need him to be Bruce. Mm-hmm. He's just going to be in, you know, the armored, uh, you know, suit. And he's going to sound like fucking Batman that we all know and love. Uh, I love that. No, I think that's the, the nice thing. No new voice. It's going to be the voice you'd be like, oh, yeah, that sounds right. Because you grew up. I mean, we grew up on that voice. That's who Batman was. Mark Hamill's Joker. He's Batman. And so it'll be interesting to have his voice. And, yeah, if he's got the – just put the suit on him, cover him up. We never have to see him. It almost feels better. I almost don't want to see him, his face, any time in the show because we uh, – I've never seen his face before. I've only known his voice on Bruce Wayne's face. Mm-hmm. So. Um, a book series that – I'm definitely going to have to check out because, well, it's Neil Gaiman. Is uh, Snow Glass uh, and or um, Snow Glass Apples? Uh, it's going to be coming out, uh, believe this fall, and it's going to be the reinvention of Snow White and that tale. Interesting. Now, I've professed my love for fables for far too long on this show and I've needed some more uh, weird crossed uh, you know stories shed in a different light whenever you have Neil Gaiman on anything it's it's just going to be amazing and already looking at the artwork for this uh, book it's definitely making me feel a bit of dream Oh, it's actually coming out fucking next week. Never mind. <laughs> I'm even more than happy uh, finding that out. Um, Colleen Doran uh, uh, is on this. That it's her. Her pages are just beautiful. Um, show here. I can quick show you. So is this a is this a full length uh, book that he's doing based on? Because I know he wrote this uh, a while ago. Is this just a comic? It's just comic book uh, uh, interpretation of it. Yeah. Ah, very cool. That dude's like the the king of nerd nerd Twitterdom for sure. 
I mean, that guy will just show up in your blog randomly and just comment on something. You're like, what? Where did he come from? I didn't know he read this. Um, that should be interesting. Looking forward to it. You said next week? Yep. Um, I thought that it said September 7th, but yay. Uh, there's some news coming out for uh, the Power Rangers new movie. But it's kind of no news, but sometimes no news is good news. <laughs> is this that it's happening and that's the news? It, kind of. So we know that Power Rangers was bought by Hasbro mm -hmm. uh, that went through this past spring. And they talked about a movie. Having no definite news on where it's going to happen, what's going on, makes people keep guessing. You know, is this going to pick up from there? I know that they're scrapping what they just rebooted this last time. It seems weird to do a reboot so quickly after a reboot. Well, I would like it to not be another origin. Mm -hmm. They don't need to do an origin. Learn from some comic book movies now. Unless they're doing not Mighty Morphin. Yep. If they're going to do a whole different series, sure. The problem with that is, I don't know if if they would make as much money as they would with the Money Morphin crew. Reimagined, they don't. Obviously, the original actors are yep. nowhere to be young again, teenagers with attitude. But <laughs> you still need to have the Jason, Billy's, Kimberly's, you know, and Zach's and Trini's in a movie. Yeah. Maybe you do it with different Zords, so they start off with uh, just kind of like even with the Power Rangers, uh, the movie where we already knew they were Power Rangers, they fought Ivan Ooze. Yep. Go on that route, even. Give them the dolphin, it was like dolphin and... <laughs> Monkey. Like, and yeah, it's just a bunch of... These was, are normal it, animals, yeah. they were dinosaurs. Yeah. For uh, anyways, the news that came out is that they have a two to three year approach on what they're going and they're already planning out two to three years. Okay. So nothing's going to happen within two to three years. That's the no news that I think sucks. That's, I think that's no news that's good news. I would say that's good news. Because even though I'm totally fine for them just doing a different story, even if it's not a reboot, like you said, it's not doing an origin story, uh, it's so soon compared to the last Power Rangers. And to have no connection to it would just be, it would just be a disconnect for fans. And so any potential sequel would be killed just by that. Well, not only that, but they've... I lost my train of thought. <laughs> you just made my... I made your point for you, Tony. Yes. Um, for the uh, anime fans, we've got... Uh, uh, what's the name of it? I pulled it up. Uh, Bones is the name of the studio. Uh, they do My Hero Academia. Um, they've done a lot in the past. So if you're a fan of Soul Eater, they did that. Uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Um, did that so they're well known for their art style especially their combat uh, their combat's very very good uh, Eureka 7 there's a lot of them um, but they just uh, have put out a few episodes of uh, their new show it's about some firefighters who are fighting like fire demons there's some church elements to it where the, you know, the church kind of uh, helps fight these demons so you're combining the firehouse with the church it's a weird combination uh, give it a check out. Um, I'm missing the name. I pulled it up. Fire something. Fire Force. There we yeah, go. Yeah, Fire Force. Fire Force. Give that a check out. I uh, read the first couple of manga uh, books of the manga. I uh, really liked it. So it should be interesting. Totally down for the studio. They recently uh, actually delayed putting out their show uh, because of the fire that happened. Uh, I guess it would be a month ago now. Uh, at another an animation studio over in Japan, but it should be good. 
Well, you know what's not good? That original design of Sonic. <laughs> Agreed, yes. I don't think anybody can look at that and say they were okay with every part of it. So, uh, this is one of those things that we normally don't talk about here, the speculations and other offhand comics. However, Jim Carrey's kind of come out of saying, like, you know, he's he's kind of, uh, well, he was disappointed in, in the character uh, as well. And talking about, you know, this, that's something that people, you know, they, they have a sense of ownership from their childhood yep. and also agrees that, yeah, it, he, he went into this not to, you know, join a movie that's going to suck. Uh, obviously, when you're also an uh, actor playing against a figmented, uh, not figmented character, but green screen type character, yep. you don't know what it's going to necessarily be, so... Uh, he's hoping that uh, pretty much it's going to turn out to be okay. Um, he seems like, a, from what I've seen him talking about it, he's just kind of like, a, it's not my my area of expertise, so I'm not going to touch it. You know, He's just like, I hope it's good because I did my job and I feel I did a great job at, uh, acting. But um, I think it's, I don't want it to set a precedent of studios bowing to the whims of the loudest on the internet. Um, but I think that they're, uh, you know, when you look at like big studios like Corridor Crew or something on YouTube, or these sh- these people who are like, hey, what if you did this? And they show examples, you know, of what this is how you could do it better, make it look look more quality. And um, I think that's good that they're willing to do that. Also, like you were saying, ownership. This is not a brand new character. If you brought out a brand new character and made him look weird, cats. No one feels like. A connection like the two cats like we did with Sonic I wouldn't say I mean I went to the cats musical when I was in like sixth grade but I don't look back fondly on oh I'm so glad I saw cats the musical on stage so when people when they bring out weird-looking cat people uh, digitally animated you're like okay it's weird but it's not freaking me out but you're like Sonic's been around for what 20 years uh, or more and uh, that's a character that we've owned. So I 100% agree with him on that fact that you can't just put human teeth on him <laughs> and expect us to stand by when the, he's at least has fangs. What do you feel uh, of uh, when different comic books kill characters and the outrage and the whoa and then also you think about the many different variants and different stories and worlds that happen listen i think the best spider-man movie is into the spider-verse in my personal opinion i think that's my favorite of all of them and that wouldn't happen if peter parker didn't die so well so from friendly neighborhood spider-man number 12 coming out uh next month spider-man dies yeah that's the tweet that that's been going around and it's just like okay i don't feel that this is I'm I'm over character deaths at this point. Yep. The, I, I guess for me it's just a thing. Um, if the story that comes out of it's good, cool. I mean, but if you ruin a good story by killing a character that we're kind of liking, and you that's you as a writer, you got to be prepared to do that. If you're like, okay, people love this iteration of Spider-Man, let's kill him off. That's going to cause a lot of like uh, noise in the community. People are going to be upset about it. If you can then carry it with a great follow-up for whoever becomes the next Spider-Man or whatever it is after that. Is it Gwen or is it whoever else? If that's a great story afterwards, people will then turn around and say, I loved it. Because 
it sucked that like this great Spider-Man, but the story after it was just as good. However, if you do that and the story you write afterwards sucks, then you're gonna lose me. I'm gonna be like, well, just give me back the good Spider-Man, and then they usually <laughs> do. They usually go back and be like, oh, surprise, he wasn't dead, or magic, or time travel, or whatever. He's he's alive again. So just ignore those ten issues that we put out where somebody else was Spider-Man. So I like it if it care if it can be a good tool for the writing for the story. Uh, speaking of writing and total tools, <laughs> I don't know if you heard that the, the, script, the script for the last episode of Game of Thrones came out. I <laughs> Yes, I did. And T- titled The Iron Stove, because now granted that's kind of funny because most people, their scripts and movies, they have weird names that aren't the true title, so yep. that's forgiven, and I also kind of laugh at that because it is kind of funny of... I've actually found myself having difficulty weeding out what's the memes and what's real uh, on this script because some of the things are weird. Yeah, they kind of forgot with their geography. Yeah, uh, and and one one of the lines was like, "They do this because they are sad and they forgot." And it's like, "What are you talking about? Like, is that the actual?" And I didn't know if it was a meme or not. It wasn't in this case, which is unfortunate. Yes, and reading this. Oh my god, I've only read certain parts of it and it's it's infuriating how shitty these writers are. Now, I had said last week that I was not going to talk. Uh even when You're I supposed th- to have killed it last yeah, week. Even when I thought Lynn was coming back, I was not going to, but since she's not here, as well as this coming out, holy fuck, one of the big uh things that have been talked about of uh how did uh Drogon know that uh to burn, yeah, to burn the the. And the, if this had never come out, you know, the going theory was the fact that oh, you know, he under he's an intelligent creature. He's kind of more intelligent than humans. He understood the nature of the Iron Throne, and he was like, I'm, you know, I need to eliminate this. And it's like, okay, that's very poetic, great. And the actual reason sucks. Yeah, the reason is just uh, the chair was just a dumb bystander, just chilling there. He was just pissed off and just started. He had to not burn even something. Yeah, not even. Who he sees with the fucking murder weapon, which he, he's an intelligent creature and knows who yeah. good and bad guys are. Yep. No, let's just that way. And just so happens the throne's there. Yeah. Oh my fucking God. Uh, I saw, I heard some rumors uh, two weeks ago of them, and they were just rumors, thank fucking God. I don't know how high up the rumors actually were of being truthful, of them somehow being part of. The Amazon's Lord of the Rings show, which mm-hmm. I can't wait till more news comes out of that, because that will be real epic fucking fantasy that's written. And if any good. company has money to do it right, it's the richest company in the world, basically Amazon. So I guess I didn't really think of that. I mean, HBO should have money, but yeah, Amazon money beats all other money. Yeah, I would when, say. You, when the owner of your company's got you know 1.8 trillion, I don't know what he's got now. Lots and lots of money, and he himself could just finance it, um, and that's. You know, to this day, I, I might go home after this and watch Lord of the Rings. Sunday is like Lord of the Rings Day, where I'm like, I'm not doing anything. I want to watch a movie. Lord of the Rings is the perfect choice every single time. Oh, God. How uh, my nephew is reading the books now, and oh. after read, finishing the book, they get to watch then the movie of it, and how often he wants to hear uh, different songs from, because we have the soundtracks. We bought, I mean, I've bought oh, all the Lord so of the Rings good. stuff. Yeah. Uh, Lonely Mountain Dirge that they do. It's yep. just so epic. And 
Is he reading Hobbit first, or he already? Yep, they already read Hobbit, and then they just read they read uh, the Fellowship or the nice. um, Fellowship of the Ring. So they're on two towers How right old? now. He's seven. That's a tough read, man. That's a. I will say that it's not so much like word wise or anything specific. It's just a long. Well, and, I mean, he's reading it with my brother. Yeah, so. but Tolkien is. Man, yeah, Tolkien's so brutal language. when it comes to uh, descriptions of things. You're like, man, we're still talking about the trees? <laughs> what about the people walking through the trees? The trees aren't even important anymore. These aren't even the treants and the living trees. These are just normal trees. I asked if he watched uh, the original cartoon that they made back in the yes, early Yes, the British ones. And so uh, just The Hobbit, because the other ones kind of are not that great. But I have a special place for that. And he, he enjoyed it a bit, but also in, like thought the real-life action was cooler uh, but yeah, uh, 1977, the original Hobbit animated film came 77, out. 77, so. uh, yeah. So, anyways, going back, uh, Dumb and Dumber are not going to be on that show at all for Amazon. That's what I was originally getting at. Uh, mm-hmm. Besides praising how much I love Lord of the Rings, but man, fuck them. Uh, one of the things that I'm actually sad, I'm going to have to get caught up on the Capaldi episodes. Uh, Doctor Who is going to soon be streaming on HBO Max. Okay. I don't know what the fuck HBO Max is. It's going to be launching next uh, year in the springtime, but it's going to be one of their new... Uh, I'm hoping it's just the same as HBO or HBO Go, if that's just what they're going to start calling their streaming service. Just rebrand it. Yes, and that's fine. I'm cool with that. I have access to that. Uh but Doctor Who is an amazing uh, story. I was talking a lot about uh, that uh, this weekend with my brother. And like I said, I have Amazon right now, so I should catch up on it before it's leaving. So all you out there that don't have your friend's HBO passwords, but yeah, at least have Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. go watch your Doctor Who. Uh, the last thing that I really have to talk about before we get to booze in a book is... There's a a He-Man documentary coming out this September. Now, I I mentioned that because last week for Bad Movie Night that me and my friends do, we watched the original Masters of the Universe. Oh, man. That was one of the few where you leave being like, that was a good movie. It was fun to make fun of, too. So it was a bad movie, but it was still a good movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes. And so there's going to be a documentary... Uh, Power of Grayskull, which is going to go over everything uh, from toys to comics and Just the full history of He-Man. Yes, and this is all part of uh, getting a little bit more information coming out of the 2021 Master of the Universe reboot that I can't wait for. I found that out when looking up some of the fun facts when we were making fun of uh, He-Man when we were watching it, Mm -hmm. and then I'm like... I knew about this. I thought it was supposed to come out already, but it's still in production. That is awesome. <laughs> I uh, have a couple contributions for Bad Movie Night. Uh, He-Man, I actually have seen that one, and I completely agree that it's, it is a bad movie, but it's fun. That's the best bad movie, really, is the one that's fun. You can you can rib at it, and then something wacky happens, and everyone in like your crew is just like laughing at whatever happened that's supposed to be serious. Those are the best choices, so I definitely approve of that one. Uh, you got anything else for news? I don't think so. I think uh, I'm newsed out. I mean, looking forward to the books this week. I might actually go pick up some physical books on Thursday. What? Yeah, I might go buy. I think that the uh, 
House of X, Power of Ten. It's uh, I really like the art. I think that's the. I mean, it's one thing the story. If the story's good, that's not really going to get me to buy a comic. But I want something. If I'm going to put it on my bookshelf, it's got to have good art. So I think those will definitely tie into that. All right. Well, booze in a book this week. What I have paired is Knights Temporal number one, coming from Colin Bunn. Also love him. This comes out of Aftershock comics. Now I haven't read a lot of Aftershock, but uh, I have to say the art in this is quite amazing. And so far, the story within this first issue, uh, without giving too much away, take a knight, transport him into you know the the city of nowadays, and kind of got a time traveling knight. So. Uh, with that, we are going to pair this with Infinite Possibilities from Temporal Artesian Ales. Uh, they call it an American Wild Ale. It's a blend of different beers that are uh, aged and fermented in Merlot and Chardonnay barrels. Oh, interesting. Be very fruity. Yes. It's, uh, it's yes, fruity-ish. Uh, yeah, I have to give it a try. I'm, I definitely like some of the fruit ales, so <clears throat> should be good. Well, with that... Uh, don't have much more else to say except for until Linz is back. I can still say <laughs> season eight sucked. Uh, <laughs> next week I will not talk about it unless someone else mentions it. So I'll pass them like sure a note. Another tweet will happen. <laughs> yes. Uh, until that, uh, stay thirsty for the whole gang uh, getting back together again. <laughs> <laughs>